Welcome to the Devotional Toddcast, hosted by Pastor Todd Walker and Crossroads Church in Littleton, New Hampshire. Okay, for the Toddcast tonight, and the kids are, of course, allowed to be part of this tonight, some of my kids' favorite activities are in the darkness. They are. They're like blanket forts. When we make forts and put blankets over our furniture, and they, they really like that. They like going inside of there, acting like it's their own little world with their own little government. And, uh, but they always tell me to do something. They always make sure there's a little bit of light coming into the fort so they can get their way out of there. But they love blanket forts. They love movie nights. The other night they were having a movie night. We do that on occasion and give them a snack, let them watch a movie. And I said to my kids, do you want to have the light on or the light off? What do you think they said? Light off. It's more like a real movie experience. They like a game called Flashlight Tag. That, uh, you know, pretty fun game. You go in the dark with flashlights and whoever gets... Lit? lit. <laughs> Couldn't think of the right word. Whoever gets lit is it. Hey, that, that rhymes. Whoever gets lit is it. Uh, they like anything that glows in the dark. If I bring something that glows in the dark, in fact, I have a little present for the kids. Because glow in the dark is still all the rage. And I know these things aren't that exciting. Trust me, I know what I'm doing here. But for, for yes, for our little object lesson here, I'm going to... Let the kids come and pick. Come on, kids. Come on up here. Grab any of these you want. There's some in the bag, too. Smaller ones. These, these are your simple, basic light sticks. They glow in the dark. You, you break them in half, and a little cool thing happens. You can have, how about two or three each, since there's not that many of you tonight. Yeah, take some. Glow-in-the-dark stuff, when I was a kid, was, was awesome. And my kids love glow-in-the-dark stuff. So First thing you do is snap it right in half. Anyone else? Okay. All right, guys, you guys can play with those um, because this goes along with our object lesson tonight. In fact, my kids have these glow-in-the-dark blocks, and someone got it for them as a present, and these glow-in-the-dark magnetic blocks lets you draw on them. What's up, buddy? Can we turn off the lights so they Oh, you want the lights off? See what I did there? How about we turn a couple off because the adults will get scared. That's good. How about that? Oh, now I'm glowing. How about that? Is any, okay, that's perfect. We'll try to stay on course here, though. My kids have these glow-in-the-dark magnetic blocks, and they wanted to test them out. They had this little flashlight that you could write on the blocks with, like, an ultraviolet flashlight. And I noticed, I noticed one period of the day, all of my boys were missing. They weren't, I mean, this doesn't happen a lot because our home is not huge, but I couldn't find any of the boys. And then I realized they were all in the bathroom with the lights off. So I had, I had to investigate. What's going on in there? And I realized they were testing their glow-in-the-dark blocks together. They were all in there with the light off, and it was a lot darker in there because, you know, it was a small area. So they were testing their, their glow-in-the-dark magnetic blocks. Well, the point, is, but the point is this. Darkness can be fun. It can. Darkness can be fun at least when light is nearby to help us. Is that true? Flashlights, nightlights, glow-in-the-dark stuff. We like the darkness when there's a little bit of light to help us. But if you take the light away completely, we're talking like pitch black, darkness ceases to be fun pretty quickly. Because darkness without light can actually be terrifying and sometimes dangerous. Now the equivalency, I believe, for, for adults, for glow-in-the-dark objects, would be watching scary movies, something like that. I know adults sometimes like to watch scary movies. Young adults, young adults really like scary movies. I think when you turn 40, like I am now, I don't think you need anything else scaring you, you know? 
You got your health to worry about, your finances, your job security. You got enough things to be terrified about when you're 40. So scary movies become less of an appeal. But did you ever watch a scary movie too close to bed? That's always a bad idea, right? Because watching a scary, too, scary movie too close to bed is, is too close to the darkness. You're going to be in the darkness for several hours after that, and you're not going to have light to be a friend to you. So watching a scary movie too close to... I'm knocking my stuff down. Too close to bedtime is not a good idea. Now here, give me an example. If you were walking through a big city, imagine you're walking through a big city at night. Would any of you go down a dark alleyway alone by yourself? That'd be a bad idea. How about this? You're walking outside at night. Would you enter the deep woods at night by yourself? Sue says, oh yeah. The deep woods? Deep. Depends how far you go in there. Okay. But there is, there is a point that you should go, I need to turn back. This is too, this is too deep, too dark. <laughs> well, now, if you add sunlight to those things, we're, that, those activities get a lot less scary. But if you take the light away, they become terrifying and possibly even dangerous because we weren't made to live in the darkness. And most evil things, where do they happen? In the darkness. We enjoy flirting with the darkness as long as light is nearby us, but being in the true darkness is frightening to us, and I think that's a good thing. I think it's a good thing to have a little bit of the fear of the dark. I think it's a gift to us because true darkness can be dangerous. Go ahead, buddy. Look what I started here. Oh, that's a good idea. Make sure Story has one. Don't eat it, Story. Um, generally speaking, I think most of us know our limitations with darkness. We know how much darkness we can handle. We know when we need to come back to the light. Does any adult want to admit still using Nate Nightlight? Anybody? Me. We do. You use Nightlight? Yeah. I think, I think the reason we do is because we have the baby in our room and we're up during the night and we could kill, we could kill somebody. <laughs> See if that made it out of the recording. Uh, let's paint a hypothetical scenario, okay? What if someone could lure us into the darkness without us even knowing it? What if somebody could invite you to a dark alleyway or the woods or the trunk of their car without you knowing it? That would be bad, right? It would be bad to be lured into the darkness without being aware. For centuries upon centuries, there were two primary realms that people spoke of, okay? The spiritual and the physical. Two realms. Of course, we know the spiritual realm was invaded by darkness, right? It was invaded by darkness thanks to the devil and his minions. The spiritual realm has a dark aspect to it. The physical realm also went to the darkness because of our sin and the curse upon us because of that sin. But thankfully, the light of the world came to offer us a chance at coming back to live in the light, spiritually speaking. And for many years, the church's greatest danger was the devil luring us away from that light of Jesus and into the darkness of both the physical and spiritual realms. Satan gave all of his efforts into enticing us towards the sinful desires in the physical realm so he could wreak havoc on us spiritually. Now, there are light switches, but you know what they're not? There are no dark switches. There's no such thing as a darkness switch. The enemy has to find ways to lure us into the darkness without us realizing it. Otherwise, he'd just turn the lights off. If he could, he would. Now, until recently, the devil sought to lure us away from the light of Jesus and into spiritual darkness by attracting us with one of two options. Here were the options. The sinful pleasures of the physical realm. That's darkness, okay? The sinful lusts of this world is called darkness. That was his first option. Option number two is offer us a spiritual realm 
but one that is evil, one that is against Jesus, one where there really is no light in that spiritual realm. Evil, false spirituality exists, does it not? It's also true, and it's been around a long time. And if you don't believe me, walk around Littleton. There's this false, evil spirituality around us. And these traps, these two scenarios, worked for centuries. They were quite effective. Instead of keeping our eyes upon things above, which Colossians 3 tells us, we'll get back to that, our attention was diverted to the world, the sinful flesh, and the false, evil spiritual realm. And millions of people ended up in the darkness without even realizing it. And some, sadly, never came out. But here's what we want to talk about today. We now have a new set of problems to deal with. Perhaps the physical realm is losing its attraction to us. Perhaps too many people have discovered that the evil spiritual realm that's around is indeed evil, hollow, and plastic. And perhaps the devil needed a, new, a brand new trap to entice us into the darkness. And I believe he found one. It's new. It's relatively new. And its goal is to lead us away from the light and into the darkness. Do you know what it's called? The virtual realm. Right? It's, it's gaining a lot of popularity, getting very, very big. Now, we're gonna eventually going to do a deep dive into this topic one day. We don't have the, we don't have the time for that tonight. We're going to keep this somewhat brief. But let's dip our toes into this new pathway a little bit tonight, the virtual world. The culture around us is we find ourselves in a culture that is sprinting away from the true spiritual light of Jesus for one of three pathways. Number one, the evil spiritual realm that we talked about. Still an option. Again, all around Littleton. The sinful pleasures of the physical realm. It's ancient. It's tried and tested. The devil loves it. It works. It's always going to be an option. But the new guy, the enticement of the relatively new virtual realm is now upon us. And we're being lured further away from the light than possibly ever before into a realm once unbeknownst to man. Before this current generation that we find ourselves in, Christians who sampled the darkness were kind of like my kids taking glow-in-the-dark stuff into the bathroom. But ultimately, the church was disciplined enough to focus a large chunk of their lives on true fellowship and the spiritual light of Jesus. And because of this, the darkness was visible and avoidable because the church was around the light a lot of their time. But now, perhaps for the first time ever, our, our culture is given three roads to lead us away from the light and into the darkness. The evil spiritual realm, still here. The sinful pleasures of the physical realm will always be here. And now the enticement of the new and shiny virtual realm. The evil spiritual realm and the sinful pleasures of the physical realm are ancient pathways of darkness. We know that because who were the first two people to try this? Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve are lured into the darkness. By a forbidden fruit. Taste of this fruit. See how pleasurable it is. See what you're missing out on. And what was the devil doing? Of course he didn't just care about the physical realm. He cared about the spiritual realm. He was trying to entice them into the darkness without them knowing it. We've been battling these two realms for centuries. But the virtual realm is a relatively new pathway towards darkness. There is now a thing that maybe you guys have heard of called the metaverse. Has anyone heard of this? The metaverse. It's an entire virtual universe that's been created to help us satisfy all our fleshly and spiritual longings. Virtually. Not actually. Virtually. It's not real light, of course. It's a mirage. It's a hologram. It's a shadow of real light. And guess what else is getting really, really big? Artificial intelligence. Really big. And this is the documentary I watched that I'm probably going to send to you guys on an email at some point. Artificial intelligence is on the rise at a rampant rate. High-tech robots, in the name of helping us, 
are coming along to help us accomplish our tasks. We're living in the future. I mean, remember the show Jetsons? Yeah. We're now here. The Jetsons was right. Lost in space. How, how old is the Jetsons, by the way? 70s? 60s. Is it really? Uh, <laughs> we're not going to date ourselves then. So the 70s. The, the, yes, the late 70s. That's right. That's right. We're in the 60s. Google calls artificial intelligence, they act, this is an actual quote from them, a superpower assistant. That's what they call artificial intelligence, a superpower assistant. Does that remind you of anybody? Who should that remind us of? The Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit, of course, is not just superpower. He's divine. Okay, that's the difference. But this AI, they call it, is helping us dive deeper into the virtual realm. And the virtual realm is two realms in the wrong direction. We're going the wrong way, and we don't even know which way is up. Listen to what it says in Colossians 3. Set your mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Instead of looking up towards Jesus, we're looking down towards the virtual realm. Darkness has been defined as the absence of light. The devil doesn't need us to live in blatant sin. In fact, it might be a disadvantage to us, to him, for us to live in blatant sin because blatant sin can be recognized. You can eventually go, what am I doing? This is madness. This is wrong. This is evil. And you can confess, find God's grace, find Jesus Christ, and come out of it. But what if you don't even know what's real anymore? What if all the boundaries between light and darkness can be blurred? What if we can't even tell what the difference is between real light and false light? What if we don't even know we're being lured into the darkness? What if the delights and appeal of the virtual realm is a trap leading us away from the light of Jesus? Now on the surface, it looks very fun and benign, and I'm going to be honest, it does. The virtual realm looks, looks like it has a lot to offer us, a lot of fun. And I'm going to say this as well. Some of it can be harmless. Some of it. Some of it can be enjoyment. Some of it can be relaxation. Some of it can. I really believe that. Some of it could actually be good, possibly. But in all reality, the virtual realm is two realms away from the true spiritual light of Jesus. The virtual realm is below the physical realm. Do you see what's happening? We're going the wrong direction. Now, it's been said we are not physical beings living in a spiritual world. We are spiritual beings living in a physical world. And as soon as we become spiritual beings living in a virtual world, something really grave is happening. It's like a bad guy luring us into the trunk of his car by promises of good things we haven't yet sampled. Now, we're going to dive deeper into this one day soon, but I want you to listen to Ephesians chapter 5, because this is quite relevant. Listen to what Paul says. He says, therefore, do not become partners with them. And the them he's talking about is those who live in darkness, those who love the darkness, those who spend most of their time in the darkness. If you read the context of Ephesians 5, he's talking about those who practice the darkness. He says, don't become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are the light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And right there is the litmus test. How do you know it's light? It's good, it's right, and it's true. It has to pass all three tests. It has to be good. It has to benefit you. It has to benefit others. It has to benefit God. Number two, it has to be right according to whose standard? According to God's standard. God's the definition of righteousness. And it has to be true. It can't be false. It can't be a mirage. It has to be true. He says this in verse 10, and try to discern 
what is pleasing to the Lord. And I think we've become a little deficient in that. I don't think we're very good at discernment like we were maybe several years ago. That's something we've dropped our guard on. He says in verse 11, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. And I think that's what we're doing here a little bit tonight. For it is shameful even to speak of the things they do in secret. For when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. In verse 15 he says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Is Now, to be clear, I want to be very clear, all virtual is not wrong, okay? If I said here tonight, everything virtual is wrong, I'm a hypocrite, because I use virtual. <laughs> sometimes, I use it, I, sometimes I use it to teach with. But just like my kids playing flashlight tag in the dark is also not wrong, there is a line, right? I think we find ourselves flirting with the darkness at a rate generations prior to us could never have even comprehended. We're now chasing virtual experiences that are not real, that are not light. And they all seem good. They all seem right. They all seem true. But we have to ask the question, are they? We need great discernment. Our culture is not just spending time in the evil spiritual realm, new age spirituality, things like that. And it's not just spending time in the sinful pleasures of the physical realm, although those two are definitely still happening. But now we're spending boatloads of time in the virtual realm, where light and darkness are nearly indistinguishable. And the worst thing about it is we're not even aware of the dangers of it. Consider all the apps. Consider all, everything that's out there that's luring us into the virtual world. Now, is it evil not to start? No, it's not. But it's luring us to a whole different realm. And we have one solution to this problem. We have to focus upon the light of Jesus. There are no shortcuts to walking in the light. It takes great discipline. It takes great discernment. It takes great focus to walk in the light. Now let's look at Colossians 3, 1-4. Paul says, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above and not on things of the earth. And if you notice, the, the three realms we've talked about tonight all deal with things of the earth. That's how you know that it's most generally not light. If it gets you to focus your mind upon what's earthly and temporal and fleeting, he says in verse 3, For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. What I find interesting is the darkness has to keep reinventing itself to keep us content. But you know who doesn't have to reinvent himself to keep us content? The Lord Jesus Christ. He never has to change. He never has to reinvent himself. He never has to use gimmicks. never has to get creative. We have one solution to walking in the light, and it remains unchanged forever, and his name is Jesus. And he said in John 8, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Here's my bottom line here tonight, because there's a lot more we could say on this, and we will one day. Where are we spending our chief time? If we believe there's a third option between walking in the light and walking in the darkness, we've been deceived. There's no other option. Everything in the world is not sinful. Okay, I'll say it again. Everything in the world is not sinful. But most worldly pursuits, you would agree with me, do have a portal to the darkness. And that portal wants us to bring to the darkness and never let us out of it. Make no mistake about it, the virtual realm has a massive portal to the darkness. 
It does. Now, we don't need to fear the culture around us. That's not the point. But we must stay tethered to somebody. We must stay tethered to Jesus and to his church. No matter what. You let go of Jesus and his church, you will walk in darkness. You will be in darkness and you might not even know it. And there is a real enemy with very, very dangerous weaponry. Very dangerous traps laid out for us. The darkness is real and can destroy us if we're not near the light of Jesus. And we must be walking in the true light of Christ. We must set our vision upward where Christ is and follow his light every day so the darkness will be clearly visible to us and we can avoid its pitfalls. That's the only solution to the darkness around us is not to avoid everything. This is not about becoming Amish, okay? And saying, all of this is evil. Don't do any internet. Don't do any virtual. That's not the point. The point is to recognize what's light and dark. And the only way to do that is to know what light looks like. And I want to encourage us all tonight to spend quality time in the light every single day. And I want us to watch out for how much time we spend flirting with the darkness, especially alone, because that's the devil's tactic. Get you, get you alone, and make you unaware that you're there. Let's follow the light of the world. Let's follow Jesus. Let's invest in his church because there is no other light. There's no shortcuts. And Jesus Christ is the light of the world. Thanks for listening to the Devotional Toddcast. Join us for worship Sunday mornings beginning at 1030. Learn more about us at CrossroadsOfLittleton.com. Crossroads Church, seeking to shine the light and love of Jesus in the heart of New England.